Ben, E-T? 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 All right, welcome back to the Summer Movie Club podcast. Um, before we uh, start, I'd like to make note, because we didn't make note on the last episode that it happened, uh, this little intro that uh, Zach recorded earlier with his son, Ben, uh, saying E.T. We also had him rec- uh, record a little intro for the Coco episode, if you guys remember the Oco. Um, so, yeah, that little spoken intro of Ben saying E.T., and he kind of sounds like E.T., so if they ever re- <laughs> remake the movie, we could probably get Ben a job. Um, we are talking about the 1982 classic film, E.T., uh, but I say we, I mean I, Adam Weiss, and my brother, Zachary Weiss, who is with me as always. How's it going? Excuse me, I'm drinking a rum and coke. Um, E.T. Uh, came out June 11th, 1982. I was saying to Zach, for some reason, in my head, uh, this movie came out in 1991. I don't know why. Um, it's timeless. Huh? It's timeless. Um movie was made by a... a Little known indie filmmaker Steven Spielberg, is it pronounced? <laughs> uh, um, there's a, there's a Hardy in there. Oh, is it, is it Spiel, oh Spielberg. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't see. Um, Steven Spielberg, who is famous uh, for making every movie you've ever known ever, um, literally on his IMDb credits page, um, he has 57 director credits, and the starting with let's see, let's go all the way to the bottom couple shorts that i've never heard of um but i mean the man has made close encounters of third kind jaws raiders of lost ark et uh temple of doom temple of doom color purple empire of the sun indiana jones and the last crusade hook jurassic park schindler's list lost world jurassic park Amistad, you didn't really need Saving to mention Private ryan you could have skipped over the lost world jurassic nah, park. i like vince vaughn uh <laughs> Uh, AI, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, War of the Worlds, Munich, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which we could also probably just, skip yeah. over. Uh, War shit. Horse, Lincoln, War, yeah. God damn, like, uh, oh, I just saw a post-production West Side Story. Are they making a movie, an, another movie of West Side Story? They are, yeah. Um, did you see Ready Player One? I did. I enjoyed Ready Player One. Actually, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I didn't have any interest when I'm, I um, was coming out. I enjoyed Ready Player One, and I, um, I it's based on a book, and I actually wanted to read. The, I kind of want to really want to read the book too. So um, I might eventually get to that. Um, the film is written by uh, Melissa Matheson, um, who doesn't have as impressive accolades as um, uh, Steven Spielberg, but uh, I mean yeah. wrote E.T. Um, big, big fan for me, uh, sure. In, apparently wrote the screenplay for Indian in the cupboard, um, which who doesn't love that friggin' movie? I, when you said big, f- I thought you were going to make the joke I was going to make if we mentioned the, the BFG, the BFG, nah. which of course stands for big fucking giant. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't. Should, that's true. That's what I assume. Cause that's what, that's what I, I, fuck it. I assume. Um, yeah. Indian in the cupboard is that kid is. Ten kinds of awkward. Yeah, he is, but he's got an Indian in the cupboard. Um, but honestly, does somebody play the the Native Indian? American. Not Native the Indian, American. the cowboy, Native American, Native American in the it, cupboard. Um, 
in Indian in the cover, the cowboy, in my head, it's Steve Gutenberg. I know it's not Steve Gutenberg, though. Uh, I'm looking up the cast right now. If you, by any chance, remember the cowboy's name, that would really fucking help. Uh, cowboy Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> cowboy Steve Gutenberg. Um, no, not that I'm... Steve Coogan is in it. Maybe you're thinking Steve Coogan. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Wait, there's a picture of the cowboy. Uh, David Keith apparently played the cowboy in, um... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at him now. He was huh. in He was in the classic, uh, U571. Um... Anyway, this has been this week's episode on the Indian in the cover. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Um, I don't usually mention it unless it, um, unless it bears mentioning, um, and in this case it does. John Williams did the score for E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, John Williams... John Williams is to original scores what Steven Spielberg is to movies. Um, the things that he is accredited to are absolutely amazing. He's done E.T., he's done Indiana Jones, he's done Star Wars, he's done, uh, I don't remember if I said it, but I said, what, Jaws, I mean, Jurassic Park. Like, the things, this, the, the music this man has created. Mm-hmm. If you saw a movie from, like, I want to say mid 80s to fucking now he's done all the new star wars movies as well um oh no i'm sorry he didn't do all the new star wars movies but a lot of his stuff was tagged up on in the new um in the new star wars movies if i'm not mistaken um oh no fuck that it says rise of skywalker right there fuck it he did the new star wars movies um he's done so much shit um it's ridiculous he's he has written so much good music um there, he did some of the couple of the Harry Potter films as well. There's been times where I've been driving to work and I will just put on the best of John Williams because his music is that fucking good. Without taking any away from his abilities and his contribution to film, no interest in film scores. This just doesn't do it for me. I would say Zach. I Zach is um, Zach writes lyrics, uh, writes song lyrics. I'm uh, a musician. So I feel like uh, Zach would have little to no interest in a musical score, but me being a musician uh, would take more from that. Um, so yeah, John Williams, John Williams, Steven Spielberg, a lot of the John Williams has done a lot of Steven Spielberg movies. So they're, um, they're, they're kind of a pair set, um, but two just fucking behemoths of cinema uh, in their own rights. Um, I was actually reading earlier that, 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 uh, uh, towards the end of that movie, that big score scene when they're—I believe it's during the when they're riding, running with, on the bicycles. Uh-huh. Um, that usually how it's done is the music is tailored to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Spielberg re-edited the scenes, the scenes to, to the fit song. the music because that the music was uh, that good in yeah. his opinion. Um, there's some little things I want to tag up on before we really get into the movie. Um, Zach, have you ever ridden the E.T. ride at Universal Studios? No, I've never been to Universal. We go to, we are strictly a Disney household. Okay. Though I will say, as a side note, have you seen the Nintendo World they are building in Universal Japan? Uh, I know I haven't seen anything, but I have heard. Um, take a look at it because it's coming to America at some point. Oh, wow. With everything going on. I said to my wife, I, there's aspects of Universal that I'm interested in, like Harry Potter World, the Simpsons area. Not enough to drive me from Disney property to the Universal Studios. 
I'll go to Universal to go to this Nintendo park just based on the picture alone. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely vouch like I excuse me, I've been to Disney uh, I think three times in my life. Two times in my life? Three times in my life, I'm sorry, three times. Um and I've been to Universal Studios twice in my life. Universal definitely has some stuff to pull you away from Disney. It, just to experience the Harry Potter world um alone is 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 a good thing to um get pulled away from but the the et ride um for those who have ridden it i if you go on youtube and you just type in et universal studios ride i don't think it's there anymore i'm not 100 percent sure if it's still there but um the ride starts off you get into a a cart that looks like a bunch of bicycles um and then you kind of ride through the woods as you're running away from the government with et in your uh milk crate and then you do the whole flying over the town, flying in front of the moon scene, mm-hmm. scored by John Williams. And then you go through like a like a like a warp zone and you end up on E.T.'s planet, which is the biggest acid trip of a fucking planet you've ever seen. <laughs> like, imagine the wacky shit from Avatar. Okay. And then imagine that the wacky shit from Avatar had a giant mushroom with eyes and a mouth. That's the kind of shit we're talking about. If you haven't ever been on the ride, fucking go on YouTube and look up the ride. You can see a first-person view of the whole thing, and it's bananas. And the best part about the ride is when you're waiting in line, when you get in line, somebody gives you a card, and you write your name on it. And then when you right before you go into the <laughs> final queue for the line, you hand somebody that card back, and then in your when you pass E.T. to, to finish off the ride... E.T. says your fucking name. Well, you know what? You know how um, that that's cool. That's like that's that sounds like fun technology. But you know, not to not to uh, you know be a, a Disney purist again. They've gotten to the point where the technology is they, they you have the bands that you wear on your wrist now at Disney. Yeah, that, that's everything. It's your hotel key. It's your food. It, like it's everything. It's, 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 yeah, it's your lifeline. There's certain rides, like specifically the one that jumps like into mine immediately is. Uh, it's a small world. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you're riding the ride, the ride picks up on your bracelet. Wow. And on screens, we'll say, like, towards the end of um, It's a Small World, there's screens that saying goodbye in all the different languages that you, like, see in the ride. Uh-huh. So it'll say things like, uh, Arrivederci, Zach, or et cetera, et cetera, whoever's on the ride. So your name will come just based on just reading it off uh, your... That's pretty rad. Yeah, so, I mean, I, if E.T. Well, was and, still open, I'm sure they could do something like that nowadays. If, if, you saw, if, you, if you saw the E.T. rides, last time I went on the E.T. ride was... Shit, probably, I'm thinking, like, 10 years ago. At least 10 years ago. Um, it looks like it was made in 1995, and they mm. never updated it. All the animatronics look super rough. The the human animatronics in it look super fucking terrifying. Um, so I'm sure if they did, I'm sure if it still is open, it's I'm not. Sure that it's not. You I'm looking it at it now. It closed. Wow, it closed in 2003. It was replaced by Revenge of the Mummy: The Ride. It, it closed in 2003. Oh, you know what? Wait, no, fuck that. Because I it closed in 2003. I was on it. After two thousand three, where are you? Think about it. No, because are, are you are you talking about? Is it 
Are you talking about Universal Studios Orlando or Universal Studios yeah. Hollywood? Universal Studios Florida. Because I was fucking, I think I, I know for a fact I went on it post-graduating high school, and I graduated high school in 2008. Well, you must have been on something else. I was not. I guarantee fucking to you. Are you sure you, um, weren't, on, are you sure you weren't on Revenge of the Mummy, The Ride? The Ranger, I actually, I have ridden Revenge of the Mummy, The Ride. It is an entertaining ride. Um, but I, I know for a fact that I rode E.T. post-2003. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I'm, I'm saying. Um, another little thing I wanted to tag up on was um, a weird little thing. Um, I've noticed a running theme. A lot of the movies that me and Zach have covered, when you look them up on Wikipedia, there's weird... There's always a section of allegations of uh, plagiarism, which E.T. Um, is not, uh, you know, is not safe from. There were uh, accusations of plagiarism, which I think were all um, refuted. But um, one weird thing is that the singer Neil Diamond saw the movie E.T. with I can't give me two seconds to pronounce her name. Uh, it's that long no no it's ba- <laughs> i'm gonna say bayer it's b-a-y-e-r bayer S- bayer sager sager s-a-g-e-r sager i would say probably bayer sager yeah <laughs> that's fun bayer- i hope it's that because it's fun to yeah. say oh i'm sorry carol bayer i was looking at the wrong line carol bayer sager is her name um american lyricist singer songwriter painter yada 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 uh, and her then-husband, Burt Bacharach, made famous by the Austin Powers movies. Um, Technically not made famous by, but... No, no, he was, he was made famous by the Austin Powers movies. Apparently they... Mr. Ladies, Burt ladies and gentlemen, relative unknown, Mr. Burt Bacharach. Um, apparently, uh, Neil Diamond, Carol Bayer Sager, and Burt Bacharach saw the movie together. And then uh, Neil Diamond wrote a song called Heartlight. Which was actually the name of the album. Uh, that it, the album came out in uh, nineteen eighty September of nineteen eighty two. So what, four months, five months after the movie came out in June, mm-hmm. and um, uh, ended up like he didn't say anything to you know Spielberg or anything like that. He just wrote a wrote a song heavily based on characters created for a Spielberg movie, and ended up having to pay Universal Studios twenty five thousand dollars because of it. Um, which I thought was kind of fucking weird. Like, I've never seen a movie, especially a fucking movie like E.T., and was <laughs> so fucking in, in, like, inspired that I had to write a goddamn song about it. Um, I'm reading the lyrics now, and it is... It is. It's so fucking E.T. It's like, we'll take a ride across the moon. It's bad. You're an alien, and I'm a boy. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking bad, dude. Um... Something fun that I want to touch up on is uh, one of the – I think it's rated as the worst video game of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, is Atari, the E.T. Yeah. game for the Atari. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's stories of, like, landfills, like, being just filled to the brim mm-hmm. with E.T. cartridges because the, the game sucked so bad. Um, I've never played it. I would like to I play it. I heard it's unplayable. Like, yeah, I've heard the... it's absolutely unplayable. That's That's why I just wanted, like – plug a cartridge in and see what the hell it is. I'm sure um, you could find a, uh, like a ROM. Uh, like, yeah, I'm sure you could find, you can find, uh, I'm sure like every, of everything. Atari game is like in one flash game thing. I mean, we've a couple, like, what, like, tw- I feel like 20 years ago, 
we bought dad for like father's day one of those like and that now they have the the nintendo and the super nintendo and the sega versions of them but we bought dad like the atari thing oh can you hear that <laughs> Is that the game? That's the game. That's terrifying. There's a, there's, yeah, I just, just all you gotta type in is, is ET Atari Flash. And just right up is a playable version. Oh, no shit. I gotta check that out. Mm. Um, but yeah, we bought dad a, um, a, a little console that had like almost like, it had to have like 30, 40 Atari games on it. Um, but ET was not one of them. Um, so yeah, it's funny that, uh, such a great movie. Uh, well, I, we'll get into that. I don't think this movie is that great in retrospect. Um, I was kind of bummed out. Um, <laughs> you want to read the synopsis so we can we can get into it? Yeah, uh, the the last two things I wanted to touch two on. Two things, God, hey, they're really quick. God damn. Um, apparently there was supposed to be a sequel to ET. Do you know this? No. Now it was called ET Two: Nocturnal Fears. No. Which sounds like a horror mm. porn movie. Wait, real quick. You know what the third movie would be called? What's that? 3T. 3T. Oh, shit. That would be good. Um, apparently, in Nocturnal Fears, uh, Elliot and the gang were going to be kidnapped by evil aliens, and E.T. was going to come save the day. Um, but the last thing I'm going to touch on before really diving into the movie is, have you seen the Xfinity short called shit? Let me look Oh, it up. the one where he comes back? That's basically yeah. just the Xfinity commercial? Yeah, it's yeah. called. There was a Super Bowl commercial, wasn't it? No, because it was it was it was released on November of November twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen. Mm. It's called a Holiday Reunion. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yeah have, I remember. And, and they uh, have Henry Thomas, who played Elliot, reprise yeah. his role. I did not see the full thing. I did. Oh, see, I, I, I saw, saw the, 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 the commercial where they would be like to see more. Go to. Oh no! I saw. I watched like, the second I read that. It's like four minutes long. It's like yeah. four or five minutes long. It's not long at all. You know what? Maybe I did watch it. It's fucking, it's so weird though. Like, I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, who's fucking idea? Who okayed this? Um, it seemed very strange that they would do something like that. Um, and finally, E.T. I know you guys have all been wondering what the hell E.T.'s about. It's a troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape Earth and return to his home world. Wait, hold on a second. I, I might have watched something different because this is what I watched. E.T. is an American first-run syndicated entertainment television news magazine that is distributed by CBS through the United States and owned by CBS Interactive, starring Mary Hart. That's what I watched. No, you watched the prequel. That's the oh, prequel. Okay, Mary- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I be completely honest with you? No shame. Uh, I've been waiting for now. You've been waiting for, like, how we've been recording for almost about 20, 20 minutes. minutes now. I've been waiting for 20 minutes. I never, me and Adam talk about what... what tabs we have open to like references and stuff while we're while recording secretly i've had the entertainment tonight wikipedia page <laughs> open this entire time waiting say, when the the way the way we're, me and zach record is we use the anchor app and um we get onto a call it starts recording immediately and then we at a certain point we'll say let's start at this time but before that starts, I'll go through and say, I have this IMDb page open, this IMDb page open, this Wikipedia page open. And Zach does the same things, but that sneaky son of a bitch yep. neglected to tell me. <laughs> but I uh, thought of that while I was watching the movie this afternoon. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to plan a joke. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so. On the whole, how, do you like this movie? It's fine. I I was I was said to somebody at work the other night. That um, I was like, this this movie kind of sucks. 
I don't care for it. Like, I'll show it to my kids because it's E.T. and it's a classic. But, like, realistically, I think, and the guy who I work with said, he's like, it's because you're young and your brain is fried and you have no attention span. I think that's what it is. The movie, it's like, it's, it's, I need, I need E.T. to be, like, a hot girl and I need there to be explosions. You know what I mean? Like, I need E.T. to be Megan Fox. Yeah. Sex E.T. Sex E.T. God, I'm full of them tonight. I need E.T. as Megan Fox. I need Shia LaBeouf there. I need explosions. And I need robots that turn into cars. It's, it's I, I need a, Transformers. It's a fine movie. I, I yeah. had trouble building up the energy to sit down and watch it. Like, how many times mm. in the last week have I said, oh, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. And then the next yeah. day, I was like, oh, I didn't have a chance to watch it. Zach literally watched it. What I, is it now? I, I, Zach watched it like five hours ago. Yeah. So I, it's a it's a quick watch. Like it's two hours. It didn't like didn't necessarily feel like it two defi- hours. Watching it, it definitely feels like it moves. Nothing really. I can't say nothing happens. He meets an alien, and they learn all kinds of things about it. And but like nothing really happens. Yeah, it's, they it's find nothing. an alien. The government comes. The alien goes home. That's pretty yeah. much it. Um. Yeah, but people people love ET. Like diehard love ET. I I, I love the character. He. I think he's. It's funny. Yeah, I love when he runs and yells and with yeah. his little his little sausage fingers and yeah. there's a lot of things his fingers look like like earthworms. His fingers were at one finger. point his his hands are going over a tree. It looks like earthworms. Um, they look like penises. Let's, I would let's say, put it out there. I remember seeing a I remember seeing a thing where it's a flashlight. That's flashlight, not flashlight. Flashlight. That is ET's finger that glows, and it is very phallic. Something like that. Um. Uh. So yeah, it's it's he's him as a character is definitely entertaining to watch because he he's essentially a little nutsack running around. Mm. He's a little nutsack with three fingers. Um. This, but this like this movie was nominated for a bunch of shit. It won five Oscars. I mean, none of the it was nominated for nine, won five of them, but again, didn't win. It didn't win any of the. The big guys. The story. Beat, yeah. It lost Best Picture oh, to Gandhi. Oh, four, I'm sorry. Four. Lost Best Director to Gandhi. Lost, um... It lost Best Screenplay to Gandhi. It lost... Let's see. What was the other ones? Um, it won Best Sound Editing. Best Sound Effects Editing. Best Sound. Uh, best Original Score. And Best Visual Effects. Um... I mean, again, you can't fucking knock best. You can't knock John Williams' score. I don't give a shit. George Fenton, who did, uh, or Ravi Shankar and George Fenton, who did Gandhi's soundtrack. Fuck that. Um, you, uh, you, can't, you can't deny John Williams. But yeah, I mean, Golden Globes, it won. Golden Globes breaks up their best picture in between drama and comedy and musical. Um, so it won best drama. Um and then it won a couple won best others. drama. It won best drama. Yeah, the, it would have won over Gandhi. Then it didn't. Gandhi wasn't even nominated for best drama. The Golden the, Globes are the, just the Golden Globes are, year. It's it's just a, a wild west town. The Golden Globes are. Yeah, I've, I I know I know Officer and a Gentleman. I know Sophie's Sophie's Choice. I think I know the verdict. I don't know missing the those verdict. Are the, what, what those is, are the five that were nominated for best drama that year. Uh, do you have a hyperlink to the verdict right there in front of you? I do. Click that. Is that who's in that? Is that uh, Paul Newman? Not Paul Newman. Is it Paul Newman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm aware of what that movie is. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it won it won best drama um, at the at the Golden Globes that year. It won. Um, it it got beat up for best screenplay uh, by Gandhi. It won best original score at the Golden Globes. Um, it was nominated in total for five things, five, five Golden Globes. Yeah, at that um, Golden Globes, Gandhi won the most of the year. Won four, and wasn't even nominated for best picture. That's strange. Yeah, um, it was replaced by Missing. See what Missing yeah. is. Oh, uh, Martin Lathau. Uh, not Martin Lathau. Uh, Jack Lemmon. Martin Lathau. I think yeah. you just took three different actors' names. Yeah, nobody's but... named that, but uh, Jack Lemmon, Sissy Spacek are in that. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's a critically acclaimed. It's it's fan acclaimed. I like watching it. I just I I could I could live not ever watching ET again. Yeah. Um, it's fun. I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't like I, like I said uh, last week. I don't know if I had ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end before. I know I have only because me and my yeah, wife said, showed our um, our, our five year old not that long ago. I don't think I will again. He uh, seemed to scare not. my kid, even though he says ET. He seemed very confused and upset about ET. Yeah, but... I mean, <laughs> there's some there's some things that confuse and upset me about ET that we'll get to, but. Okay, um, yeah, I'll, I'll hold my thoughts. I know what you were going to get to. I'll, I'll hold my thoughts for later on that. But um, yeah, it's it was fine. The kid, it's a nice story. I for the eighties, it was probably something more special than it would be if it came out today. Yeah, like I don't think they were making that kind of movie in nineteen eighty two. No, but because I, I feel like back then, child children's movies mostly were like. Is this a children's movie or is this just a movie? I don't know. I would personally consider it a children's movie, which is me and Zach discussed that we've kind of gone back and forth week to week on the podcast of doing a quote unquote children's movie and quote unquote grown up movie. Um, so we did Coco and then our adult movie, our grown up movie was Godzilla. And this would be our kids movie. Um, it's classified as a family movie on IMDb. Yeah, say so I've always I've always considered it a kids movie, a kids and or family movie. Um, maybe just because the main actors in it are children. Um, well, I think that's I. It's the, I would say there's infinitely more children's movies that are starring children than adult movies that are starring children. You know. Yeah, I mean, I consider the movie Kids a kids movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's right there in the name. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. Kids. It's, it's Don't don't name your movie Kids if you don't want kids to see it. Yeah, fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> there's some watching the movie, like some of the stuff, just some of the set pieces and stuff just seem like very, like you can tell it was, it was, a, it was, you can tell it was made in 1982 that when that fucking spaceship came down, like first thing that spaceship came down, the first thing I thought was, it looks like a really shitty Gravitron at a really shitty carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if, if it's called Gravitron in other places or if we just know it as Gravitron. Gravitron. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've, what me and Zach know is Gravitron is the ride where you go in and you stand up against the wall and then it spins the shit out of you and then centrifugal force keeps you against the wall. Um, I've always, that's what it's always been. I think, I think it was called Gravitron at the BVM carnival and that's why we call it Gravitron. On Wikipedia, it, it, the page is, well, there's a whole bunch of, uh, is, is Gravitron is the name of the, the Wikipedia page. It's also oh. known as Starship. Starship 2000, Starship 3000, Starship 4000. 
all the way up into 2000 to the 20,000. Um, Devil's Hole. I know. I, no, see, I have heard the iteration of that ride is the Devil's Hole where it spins and then the floor drops out. Um, oh, you, you know where it, the first place there was a Gravitron? Wildwood? Yes. Morris yeah. Pier. Yeah. Well, um, in fact, if I, I always remember hearing that there was like a, a thing where like in the I, it may have just been like an urban legend. Um, but I always remember hearing that the one in uh, Maury's Pier was like one where the floor dropped out. And I also heard that like a kid got their face ripped off on that ride. Mm. Um, it, it may have just been like urban legend, like in Sandlot, where it's like I heard he ate a kid. <laughs> it's like no, he didn't. It's like yo, huh? Fucking. So I, it, it was probably just urban legend, but yeah, the I, I I do remember hearing that little factoid that the first ever gravitron was uh, right in uh, Philadelphia's uh, summer playground of Wildwood, New Jersey. And want to take a guess at the year that it debuted? Uh, I'm going to say fifty three, eighty three. Really? It does <laughs> seem. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Yeah. Get the fuck out they of here. didn't even know about centrifugal force in 1953, Adam. In 53, they didn't know they didn't know what amusement was, let alone an amusement park. They just come out of the depression. Yeah. Oh Jesus, 83. That's not. That's right. Um, I I refer to in going back to ET. Um, almost immediately you see who I always refer to as the man with the keys. Well, he's listed as keys. Yeah, I found that out 10 seconds before we started recording where I realized he's credited. Because I was looking for him because I knew I recognized the actor. It's Peter Coyote. Yeah. I recognized him for from, you know, other things. You remember Um, him from a walker, I remember. But I I didn't really. um, Yeah, I didn't really (laughs) realize it was him until he like he was. I I guess the first time you actually like see his face is when he talks to Elliot in the like when they're after the government comes in. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, usually you just see him at hip height. Yeah, but he's in a spacesuit when you first see him. So you can see his face, but not like super clearly. So yeah. I was like, is that that guy? So I was looking through the and I couldn't find it. And then I like looking at my notes, I started just copying and pasting the, the cast list and putting it in my notes. I was right there, third from the top is Keys and it's Peter Coyote. It is the, yeah. the gentleman I thought it was. Um, right there in that first scene, I thought it was kind of funny. E.T. is, like, roughly the size of Gertie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say Gertie. How old would you say Gertie is in this movie? Like, four or five? Five was, was my gut reaction. So I'm going to say she's approximately three and a half to four feet tall. Okay. E.T.'s, e- you see E.T., like, like full body. He's, he's got little short, stumpy legs. If he he has even no has legs. legs at all. There's he no has... legs. It's feet attached to a torso. Yeah, he he's like Hank Hill's dad in King of the Hill. He had his shins <laughs> blown off in Korea. Um, uh, she was, was she would have been seven in this movie actually when it came out. She was oh, born, okay. well, that, Drew Barrymore at least was born yeah. in seventy five. So let's call it six when they rec- they filmed it, recorded it. Filmed is, that it. Drew, is that Drew Barrymore, star of Charlie's Angels? Char- Charlie's Charlie's Angels, Angels yeah, Throttle? star of Ever After, the Cinderella oh, story. Oh, okay, yes, that's the char- that's the uh, mm-hmm. that's the Drew Barrymore we're thinking of. Um, I thought it was funny that uh, the 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 guys, including uh, the Peter Coyote, are chasing ET in the beginning. He is outrunning full grown men. Mm-hmm. He is fucking hauling ass like. 
like we said, he's got no legs. He's just feet on torso, running through uneven terrain at night, and he's out. He's evading grown men who are at least six foot tall. The thing that bothered me, I didn't even like put, think about how fast he was running because his little heart light is on, and that's how they're chasing him. They can, yeah, they can see his heart. I'm light. just like, turn off your heart light, stupid. Turn- don't listen to Neil Diamond. Turn off your heart light, you moron. <laughs> um, I also thought that um, E.T.'s family flying away would leave the perfect opportunity to um, to start a, a spinoff of Home Alone called Home Alone 3 Lost on Earth. Home Alone 3T? Home Alone 3T Lost on Earth. Um so, there already wasn't a Home Alone three though, Adam. I know with, there's uh, been like there's been like five or six, dude. Which French Stewart? French Stewart. Um, this movie, uh, watching it, I just kind of like reiterated the fact that I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know why. I feel like I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I was talking to, I was at a brewery like back in February before all the COVID shit started um, for one of my buddy's birthdays. And I was talking to someone about joining a campaign as they called them. Um, like this it, damn it, pandemic ruined all your plans. This fucking pandemic ruined my Dungeons and Dragon dreams. Um, I don't know why. It just always kind of seemed like an interesting thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that whole, that whole scene evoked very much, um, Watching it in retrospect, that whole scene of them playing Dungeons and Dragons very much evoked the visual of um, Hooper, Quint, and um, Brody sitting around the table in Jaws. I've never seen just... Jaws, to be honest with you. What? Get never. the fuck out of here. It's one of Jaws my blind spots. I've never seen it. Jaws is Jaws is a great movie. Uh, when you were saying Hooper, I thought you were about to say it like you could like see Seth, the you could see the parallels into no into Stranger Things. Like oh how, no, no no no! I mean that that Stranger I, Stranger Things definitely does capture that aesthetic that like that shitty uh, fluorescent uh, kitchen bulb with like you know kind of smoky for no reason. Um, you know, hanging no, out with your the, friends, sending your friend's brother to go get the pizza while also simultaneously telling him the order of the pizza. Yeah, because like, we, did you order the pizza already? Or it's yeah, it did seem weird. <laughs> It also seems strange that I've never seen anybody um no one no one goes out to meet the pizza man. Well, my guess was cuz you find out later that the mom didn't want them ordering a pizza for some reason. Oh, I wasn't paying attention enough to hear that. Cuz when they're in the backyard after the whole they they think they find the ET where 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 Elliot the goblin. Sees, it, sees it for the first time. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you dropped the pizza." And she goes, "Who said you could order a pizza?" So I think they were trying to be sneaky and sending him out to cut off the like the uh, I get so see yeah, I got you. I say like cuz like I have a big I have like a a, win, a big window in the front of my house so I can see the pizza man pull up and I don't want to have to like fight my dog back from the door from attacking the pizza man. Uh so I just always kind of meet him at the door but I don't fucking walk to the end of my driveway. Yeah, I think I didn't think about it in the moment but as you asked the question that that's yeah, I, I missed that line where um, they weren't allowed to order pizza. Um, can I just mention Elliot's voice is he is so shrill, and, <laughs> and so it's it's like there's so many aud- audit like audible things in this movie that bother me. Like Elliot's laugh, 
that that famous fucking laugh it 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 irks my soul i can't take it i et yelling irks my soul no i love it. anything anytime he's yelling with his hands up in the air just flapping and running i love it yes <laughs> he's my boy then i can't i can't do it it's just this fucking like eh. i don't i don't like it <laughs> i love et learning about our world i love yeah. et and outfits I love <laughs> you just love ET. I I I would like to hang out with ET. That doesn't mean I want to watch a movie about him. He's not in my house hanging out with me. Yeah. But I love when he's when he's wearing the bathrobe when when Elliot's in school when he goes to get uh, get drunk. Oh yeah. I was like I love it. I love it when she, he's dressed as old lady ET. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny cuz like he looks like old women I've seen on the bus. <laughs> mhm. He just looks like an old, like an like an elderly, an elderly African American woman sitting on the bus. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just realizing, looking through my notes as we're as we're talking, um, how many times I refer to it as the ET in, in my notes. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, uh, I I like the we, we talked about when they they were out in the backyard and they he sees e, the ET for the mm. first time. Um, the bet. I think the funniest part about that whole exchange is that like all of like the brothers' friends come out, and someone looks at the footprint, counts three really weird fucking toes, and goes, "Must be coyotes." <laughs> like a coyote. I've never seen a coyote. They like in, re- really in real weird life. toes. I'm pretty sure they're like a small dog. Yeah, like kinda. they have. They, Actually, have, they might be a little bigger. I'm not sure where they fall on the. The dog si- size sca- uh, spectrum. Size scale, I, we don't know, but they at least they at least look like like in the dog family. Um, I'm I'm trying to look up a picture of one as we speak, but I'm assuming to- they. Oh, I was I, I I misread it. Coyotes have four toes. Okay, because if you and, if you Google coyote, oh, um, it looks like it looks like a little fucking dog. Yeah, it doesn't have like the nail. Because I'm if you Google coyote feet. The, the first thing that comes up is coyote feet versus dog feet. And it looks like coyote feet, at least the one I'm looking at, don't have, like, the trademark, like, nail on top of every toe. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I look... just, I googled coyote paw print, and it looks very much like there is a nail on every toe. Let me see if I can, because I'm, I'm looking at just drawings. Let me see if I can, I don't know. I'm looking at, I'm looking at coyote feet. In mud, kind of looks like an ET feet. Get the fuck out of here! No, it doesn't. Uh, ET's foot looks like somewhat. It it looks like a deformed. I don't even fucking know. It's so awkward. It there's no like a, way that like a, a deformed coyote foot. Like a deformed, <laughs> there's no way that anyone in the world would, if they've ever seen a coyote foot, would ever see the ET's footprint and go, "Oh yeah, it's a fucking coyote. We gotta get we got them coyotes back, mom." Maybe he's never seen a coyote. Maybe, maybe he's, he's a, just maybe guessing. He's a, fuck, he's a fucking asshole. I don't like the friends. Yeah, I, I, um, later on in my notes, and I'll just, uh, I'm going to save it for later on in my notes to when they're wearing these specific outfits. Um, but I have a thing about the the friends. Um, I forgot. Like it's it's very early in the movie. The whole Reese's Pieces bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because when we were when me and Zach had first, um. I think you mentioned it in the last podcast. You said Reese's Pieces. Um, a lot of people don't know that it's Reese's Pieces. 
A lot he of has people, a bag. I know, but a lot of people still. It's almost like that Mandela effect where people like remember it as M&M's, but See, it's Reese's Pieces. I'm, I've always known the famous story about how they went to Mars uh, Candy Company asking to use M&M's, and they thought E.T. was too ugly and would scare children. So they said no. So they used Reese's Pieces, and Reese's Pieces sales skyrocketed afterwards. Can I tell you a fun story? Mm-hmm. When I was at, I used to go, I, when, I, when I graduated high school, I went to Holy Family University uh, to teach high school English. And when you're an education major, they make you take Communications 101. My Communications 101 teacher used to be a PR person for, who makes Reese's? Hershey's, right? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, she she used to be a PR person for Hershey's. I picture. And, I think I can picture like a, Re- a Reese's peanut butter cup mascot walking along with a Hershey bar mascot. At, yeah, at, in in commercials for Hershey, Hershey Park. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she she was a, a she said she. I mean, it could have been a fucking lie, but she told us she was a PR person for uh, Hershey's. And one day, her job was she literally drove her car with a case of Reese's Pieces to the fucking set hmm. of E.T. I was like, that's rad. That's your one claim to fame. Like, because without you, E.T. doesn't eat that fucking candy. Yeah, he has to eat, like, what would be the next step? If, if Eminem good. said no. It, it, good, it, Eminem say no. Reese's, Reese's says, says no. Good and plenty. Good and plenty. Good and plenty. I, I like I, I like good and plenty. You know how he brings the Reese's pieces back to Elliot and drops you. Would, them? You would bring would, them all back. Just bring. I don't want these. <laughs> no, thank you. I think that's one of my notes. I thought that was one of my notes too. Is like, yeah, absolutely. I want this handful. I want this candy after you've touched it with your gross hand. Is it just me, or does the ET the ET from scene? Yeah, the ET from scene to scene goes back and forth between looking incredibly dry. And incredibly wet. Yeah. Sometimes like with you, no consistency. Sometimes you look at him and you feel like if you touched him, he'd be slimy. Yeah. <laughs> but like nothing like within the same scene. It's not even like as he's progressively getting sicker, he's getting drier. Like within the same scene, like you look at him, you're like, yeah, he looks like he probably feels like 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 maybe like wrinkly skin, but skin. And then the next time you see him, you're like, why are you are you are you sweating? Like yeah. why are you wet? <laughs> Um, I, I, I just have one of my notes in, uh, that I have is literally just the, the words penis breath. I have it as well. It, one of the more iconic movie insults, I believe. Yeah. I wonder is the question to you, what do you think, what would you think off the top of your head are, are some of the other iconic movie insults? Um, my mind automatically goes to your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. Same. I thought that I also thought from Monty um, Python, the Holy Grail, uh, from Sandlot, uh, you play ball like a you, girl. You play, you play ball like a girl. Yeah. That's a good um, one. That's, there's, there's, uh, oh, I'm, and I'm any, also, anything Arlie Ermy says to the cadets in, in full metal jacket. I also automatically go to, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, where Leia calls Han a scruffy-looking nerf herder. That's probably if, if it's probably up there in terms of just how often it's repeated amongst fan bases. Yeah, but also there's later in the movie though they have such a a, a, a slam dunk insult with penis breath, and then later when Elliot gets in, into a fight with his brother's friends at the bus stop, 
He just keeps insulting the kid by saying he has zero charisma. I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, well, I, like, I, don't, I don't remember that line. The friend's yelling something at him, and, and Elliot just keeps repeating, zero charisma, zero charisma. I was like, that's... Oh, you know why? Because charisma is a trait in Dungeons & Dragons. Oh. That's why. All right. That's a little... Yeah, that's a Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, book. I know that okay. because I played Dungeons and Dragons. That made it less bizarre. At least I'm almost 100 percent certain that it has something to do with Dungeons. That and sounds Dragons. right. Yeah. Um, Still very, why. very um, inside baseball. In, yeah, yeah, it is very. And if you don't know, you don't know. Type yeah, thing. if you don't know, like me, you think it's one of the most bizarre movie insults you ever heard. Yeah. Maybe it's actually one of the best if you think about it. Um, one of my notes also just says, "Ooh, piece of candy." Um, yeah, Family Guy. Family Guy has has had two very good ET references. Family Guy had the ooh piece of candy with James Woods, and then somebody walks in wearing some sort of like weird suit, and Chris screams, "Oh no, the government run ET!" And then mm-hmm. ET just starts running around the living room, <laughs> um, which is, is probably like all you've ever wanted is just ET screaming and flailing <laughs> his arms and running around your living room. Um. Jump! I I I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because in my in my mind, there's the question that's bugging me right now is: is the government a bad guy in this movie? The the way know. it's played off in in just pop culture with how people think of the scenes where ET is in government custody, it's it seems very evil and. In retrospect, actually, I was thinking about this. I think one of my notes actually mentions it. Um, they don't. They don't take ET to some lab. I have that too. It's strange, right? They set up. A, they set up the lab in a fucking cold, suburban cul-de-sac. Yeah, I don't know if that's just because to to um, you know cut down on contamination. Like they Maybe. literally build the the like the yeah like the, the air tun- like the yeah the tunnel from the van to the fucking house, but. They're, they seem very sympathetic to Elliot. Yeah. They allow the fa- it seems like it doesn't seem like if if you just based if you've never seen the movie and you just based your opinion on the government's role in the movie on how people think of the house mentally scarring, quote unquote, people seem to to be from these scenes, you would think the government busts in the door, which it kind of does, and the windows takes E.T. and Elliot away from the family to a secret lab, God knows where, cuts off access to them to everybody, and does experiments and torture to this little boy and this alien. And really, they build a lab at their house. The family seems to be able to go in and out of this lab at, at, at um, their convenience. They are medically trying to take care of E.T. and the little boy. They So much so that, like... At one point, E.T. spoilers, E.T. dies. They code E.T. They, one of my notes is a doctor tells somebody to start compressions. And the woman looks at him like, how many fucking compressions do I do on this fucking thing? Like, why do they assume they can do they can do basic human CPR on, a, on an alien? Like it's the work? same plate, like the same placement. The medical parts of this don't make any sense because we both worked well, because in, they saw, in hospitals. They saw, they saw his heart light, Zach. That's true. No, they, they don't know. see his heart light. He's like nearly, yes. but yeah, but 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 Peter Coyote knows his heart light. Oh, that's true. Anyway, um, 
they some of the the medical dialogue you can tell they're just trying to throw jargon and numbers out there. They at one point he's desatting, which means his blood oxygen level is dropping. So yeah. they give him point two five liters of oxygen, which, which is, is what not, which not which is not do. a lot of oxygen if you've ever like been around anybody. Wait, they give him point two five. Yeah, they say give him point two five liters that's... by nasal cannula. The yeah, that's... if you go into the hospital. At one point, nine times out of ten, you're going to be on two liters of, nas- of oxygen by nasal cannula. They're giving them a quarter of a liter. Yeah, like two. I've had patients. There's. There, I've had. I think the lowest I've ever had a patient on was half a liter, um, and that was because of of like um, of a chronic, um, chronic like lung issue. I think they they may have had emphysema, but it was also their their oxygen tank was set up so that it like. It wasn't a – if you put somebody on oxygen in a hospital, it's a constant flow of oxygen. This person's tank was almost like uh, – it would uh, puff like intermittently, which was weird. Um, but yeah, 0.25 liters of oxygen is not something you would put somebody – you would put somebody on like 10 times that if they were desatting. Um, but like, like getting back to how compassionate these, these uh, scientists seem to be, they even respect that his name is E.T., they refer to him as E.T. several times while he's... Oh, yeah, they do. So it's like they... Like, it's not the specimen or or whatever. It's They, they call him by his given name. Yeah. They let, um, him, they let Elliot see him after he died. Like, I was, I was going to say, like, I don't know if it's just because... Because the whole thing is the guy, Peter Coyote's character, E.T. came to him as well. And that's why he's looking for E.T. Right? I, I, I did not necessarily take it as um um uh what's the word i'm thinking uh he actually came or just he his calling was to find aliens like not necessarily that specifically et specifically came to specifically him you know what i mean uh okay but that's the vibe i might have been i got i might have been misreading the scene but i didn't think when i heard him say that i didn't take that to mean that Literally, ET ET came the to P- the ET the ET came yeah. to the keys when yeah. the keys was little keys. Yeah, so that's how I took it. So I took that that bit as strictly just like him him realizing that he just lost a friend. Um, but yeah, like that. But that that fits into it even like more. Like he they give him a moment to to to, to grieve, grieve the yeah. loss of a fr- loss of a friend. When, like, normally they would just, like, oh, the alien's dead. Let's crack its chest open and see how it's hard. Exactly, yeah. I will say, I was, like, for being not super into the movie as as I was watching it, I was taken aback by just, like, the visual of E.T. in a body bag. No, I was taken aback by the fact that when, uh, when, like, Elliot opens the body bag Mm -hmm. and E.T., like springs up with this look on his face, like he springs up so quickly that it's almost as if like ET's be like, "You're on punk, bitch." Like, <laughs> I like how like the way he said ET phone home as he immediately woke up, as if he was having a dream about yeah. phoning home and was he waking was... waking suddenly, and he goes, "ET phone home." And you're like, man, what the fuck? It's like in a Step Brothers where he wakes up and he's like, "The clown has no, no penis." penis. <laughs> um. Uh, going back a little bit, E.T. is the worst house guest to have. He just fucking destroys everything. Um, he doesn't understand our ways. 
I know. And I, one of my notes was I would have given up so quickly on trying to teach him shit. Because he seems so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> he, seems, he seems impossible to teach. I, I wrote, I can't take his yells. I can't take his walk. I can't take his erection neck. Okay. Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the neck. Either have it one length or the other. Yeah. Um it's kind of like what 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 the fuck is ET's deal? Like he can do telekinesis. He can make flowers that are dead not be dead anymore. He like Elliot like hits his head or something like oh no, he cuts his finger. Yeah. And he touches fingers and fucking cures his finger. Which like, sets what? up the very funny scene where when they're dressed in the Halloween costumes and he's trying to fix the brother with the fake arrow through his head. Oh yeah, uh, that is. I, I I never noticed that before watching it. I, I thought that was probably one of the funniest bits in the movie. Um, they don't set up very well the the mental or like connection between him and Elliot. Like yeah, they don't, that's what I was. They don't ever really set it up. They just kind it just of like, starts happening. Like ET starts their, getting like yeah. What's going on in the first scene when he lures him into the room? And then he gets super tired all of a sudden and lays down. Is ET super tired? So then Elliot's super tired, or is he just a little boy? So he's tired. But like it seemed very out of place that it, like he's standing there looking at this alien, and then all of a sudden he just starts getting drowsy and goes sits down. Yeah, I don't. I think maybe that's like maybe that's the connection taking like the connection being made, and it just kind of takes a lot out of him. Mm. Maybe, maybe let's be honest. Et has no fucking legs, so it's very fucking tiring for him to walk, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it 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 seems like it does like it it, it does seem kind of weird that they just kind of go right into like. E.T. E.T.'s hobbling around the house in a bathrobe, drinking Coors Light, and Elliot's getting drunk. Like it's they they don't really give you an explanation of why it's happening. Yeah. Like just that it is happening, and like there's just like they give no explanation at the end when he severs the connection, so not to kill Elliot. Yeah, they don't. There's no explanation, and if you. Like, I read a synopsis where it talked about it, and that's when I, like, started paying attention to it in the scene. But mm. without it, you're, like, kind of just like, oh, they're both dying because they're connected. And then all of a sudden, the E.T.'s dead, and Elliot's, uh, like, st- his uh, bl- vital signs are going up. Like, there's, yeah. I don't know. It, I felt it was one of the weaker parts of the... Is is it ever explained what happened to Elliot's dad? I took it at face value that he ran, he's off with another woman in Mexico, and that's why the mom's upset. Because I was going to say, like, this mom is kind of shit. Like, she's, she. I mean, she's obviously, uh, the dad's not there. So, obviously, the dad either left or the dad's dead. Yeah, when when they say he's in Mexico, and then she gets upset and says he doesn't, he never liked Mexico, I took it to mean that he really is in Mexico with this woman, and it's making her upset because he wouldn't go to Mexico with her. Yeah. Okay, but you I missed the other I woman. Missed, I missed that bit of dialogue as well. Don't pay attention, man. Yeah, because I was too busy fucking worrying about like. Eh. But yeah, the whole the mother character in general is strange because they, the mom's she's very aloof. They call her Mary. Several like they go back and forth when they like the kids refer to her as Mary and mom. That's weird. Um, she's completely oblivious to that. That one scene pissed me off where 
I Gertie is is trying to bring the mother's attention to the ET, and he's just walking past her. I literally wrote, "She's fucking. She smokes that fucking alien with a fridge door." Like, if I if I if one of my kids walks past the refrigerator while I open it and I hit them with it, I'm gonna fucking look. She doesn't even fucking look. The thing literally walks. It lit. It it walks directly the fuck in front of her. Um, she can't like I I don't even want to get into what she was dressed as for Halloween. I thought it was she was dressed as like a cat. Kinda. <laughs> but like the rest of the, she had like granny glasses on. I believe. I thought the years she was wearing like like I, I see I got I got to fucking rewatch this now. Because I feel like in my head, she like the glasses were like a mask. Oh, I'm seeing if I can find a picture. But I and to um to to make everything sexual in the mo- in this in the movies, ET definitely gives a longing stare at the mom while she's in her Halloween costume. <laughs> like they're back, they're leaving the there house. We go. And- I I was wondering where. Who wants to bag who is going to come into this movie? Yeah, the they're walking down the driveway, and you there's the sh- like he's like they, he lingers on her so long that they specifically show the camera through his eyes, so the camera is looking through the holes in the sheet of the Halloween costume. Oh, I, I, I pulled it up. Okay, here's what she's wearing. Okay, she is wearing a leopard print dress with. I guess she's a cat. I guess it's... She looks like she's trying to be, like... Like a cat that goes to a bar in her mid-40s and tries to pick up a guy. Because, like... I don't know. I I didn't like it. I'm not on board with it. It's it's very... It's very strange, but E.T. definitely wants to fuck. Um... While we're on the topic of when, like the Halloween, when he sees the Yoda, I have I was I was waiting to I was waiting to get to this part because there's a a theory behind this. Well, there's not even there's there's not even really because it's an actual thing where in the Phantom Menace in one of the Senate scenes you see a bunch of ETs. There's ETs. So I first thought of it. I didn't even remember the Yoda scene later in the movie. My first thought of it was when they were when uh, Elliot was showing them the action figures. Oh yeah, he does because he specifically says Greedo. Greedo, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, and I wonder. Like I thought to myself, I wonder if ET knows these people, and it's like yeah. weird because it's weird. Yeah, that's that is the whole theory that basically ET and Star Wars Star Wars exist in the same. Um, I guess you would say exist in the same universe, which is strange because if that is true, then because theor- we know that Elliot has these figures and that kid is dressed as Yoda because Star Wars is a popular film franchise. There are only two movies in at this point because yeah. uh, Return of the Jedi hadn't come out at that point. So this is a popular movie franchise. So think think about it from ET's perspective. Um. Because I, I saw something in uh, my research that E.T. is 10 million years old. Get the fuck out of here. Supposedly. So he would have been alive a long, long time ago. In a galaxy, in the galaxy far, far, far away. away. So imagine, let's say Star Wars takes place a million years ago. A long, long time ago. A million years. 
Okay. Imagine you're ET. You're nine million years old at that point. Taking play, you're you're bombing around the galaxy. You you meet these people. You meet Lando Calrissian. You meet Greedo. You hang out with a Yoda. They all die. The world goes on. You travel to Earth. Far, and motherfuckers, far away. motherfuckers and are dressed up like people you knew. In this Earth, they're making movies about the things you experienced living in Star Wars land. And they have action figures of your long dead friends. Yeah, it's weird. It's a mind trip. Oh, although, realistically, let's be honest. He may have been friends with Lando, but he would not have been friends with a greasy bounty hunter like Greedo. You don't know who he likes. You don't know what you Greedo know. was like when he was younger. You don't know young Greedo. There's that young Greedo in the in Phantom Menace that hangs out with Anakin. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't supposed to be Greedo, was it? No, it's just, I mean, you see, that, that, that's a big thing, whereas, like, um, in, in the original Star Wars, um, after, um, after Han shoots first, <coughs> excuse me, after Han shoots first and kills Greedo, you see another Greedo walking around, mm. and everyone's like, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a goof, Greedo just died, and now Greedo's walking around. Like, that's just how Greedo, all of Greedo's race looks like that. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but they all just have that. They all look identical in a racist, in an alien racist kind of way. I'm having trouble paying attention because I was, I, I still had the pictures of the, the mom's Halloween costume up, but it was like a it's Google great. image search. So there's other pictures there as well. And I just look over at my screen and there's just old lady E.T. And just made me chuckle. And then I was looking at e- thinking about how I could make an, an old lady E.T. Halloween costume for this Halloween. Yeah. There's, um... I, I Googled, I don't know why, for some reason when I'm on Google Chrome and I type in something in the search bar, Yahoo comes up. So Yahoo images, there's a bunch of like homemade, like crocheted ET costumes. Um, and I saw, I see a lot, like I've seen a lot of people dress up as it recently where they just strap a fucking milk crate and bike handlebars to like their I'm seeing a bunch of those right now. So um, what do you think about bike, uh, milk crates as a bike basket? I like it. I do too, but it seems very. Is this family poor? They're not, right? No. I. I oh, I have. A, I. I. I have a thing about that actually. Um, the mom drives an Audi. Mm. Um, I don't know Audi's, what that means. Uh, the 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 car that she drives is. is a, I, I know. Company, I know. Audi is a company. Is a company. Audi. I don't know one way or the other whether that means. Like nowadays, like Audis are kind of like they kind of have like a vibe of like, like a like a little bit of like like a little bit of money. Um, I looked up back then; her car would have cost fourteen thousand dollars. In that in nineteen eighty in nineteen eighty two in in eighty two money or in eighty two money fourteen thousand dollars. In today, that today the the equivalent of that car they don't make Audi doesn't make that kind of car anymore, but. The a, a four door sedan that Audi makes, the lowest I could find was thirty three thousand. And a fourteen thousand dollar car in eighty two is equivalent to a thirty seven thousand dollar car today. Okay, so like a fairly like you know, not for nothing, thirty seven thousand dollar car is you, you got you got a little bit of money thrown around if you're, if you're driving. The house seems nice. Yeah, the driveway like they, alone is is a nice chunk of real estate. They, they live in a cul de sac in an uh, in in a an area that's being developed so they're in an up and coming area 
But then there's in weird, a cul-de-sac. There's weird things like like they can't afford a bike basket. They got to get a milk crate. Or for some reason, there's a workshop table in Elliot's room. Did you notice that? Just like where you would like just do stuff in a workshop with like you know what I mean? Like the basically just a, a sawhorse with like some like a thin piece of plywood on top of it as a, as the tabletop. That might just be like kid things too. What, like kids. If if my son, my older son, who's ten, came to me, is like, "Hey, can I get a workshop table in my room?" I'd be like, "No." But you also have to remember that the mom is very distant. Yeah, I guess, but st- like that means he can get a workshop table. He didn't go get that workshop table. It's too big. Yeah, but I, I would. <laughs> it's too big for Elliot to carry. Um, I would. I can, I would imagine though that like she would. She just kind of like looked past a lot of shit. Like I, it, it was out of place to me in in such a way that I started looking around his room when they were like scenes in his room, thinking, are they doing some sort of construction in this room for some reason? But I mean, just you know what is a sign of how uh, how nice the house is. Hmm. He lives in not even the master bedroom. That closet is huge. Oh, that closet is fucking huge. They have a bunk bed in his room. Like they're like Elliot, you're gonna live in a room by yourself. We'll get you bunk beds so that the dog can have the bottom bunk. Oh yeah, that's right. They're bougie. But there's something. Maybe it's the way that he's constantly just wearing thermal underwear with overalls. It just makes me think that they're not like well to do. I I think what it is is I think it they're I think they're supposed to be like maybe like an upper middle class, but the mom is just kind of distant because of the whole dad thing. Um, uh, I have a, uh, after the star Wars, after the, the whole, uh, Halloween thing, you, we have like the, the ride, uh, in the woods where he goes in front of the moon, mm-hmm. um, which becomes the, uh, the logo for Amblin pictures, which is Steven Spielberg's production company. Um, the bike in the bike in front of the moon, top five most iconic shots in a movie ever, right? What's up there? I mean, I'm not. If I sat down and um, you know, made a list, I don't know. I, I doubt it would be in my top five, but I, I I can't can't say that it wouldn't be in a consensus top one hundred. I I mean, I I look at it in the sense of um, maybe not your top five specifically but like if you go online and look up like you know if you go on like afi like 100 greatest movies of all time or like any 100 greatest movies of all time number one's always citizen kane i've never seen citizen kane i guarantee you i could i guarantee you any movie that i've seen i would rather watch than citizen kane like i in fact next week fuck it we're doing citizen kane Uh, (laughs) um i you know i mean so like in the you personally probably not top five, but in the general consensus, like in that in that world where Citizen Kane is the number one movie of all time, no hands, you know, if ands or buts about it, that shot of him in front of the moon is top five. Again, is I guarantee you makes top five most iconic shots of all time. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to argue with it. It's it's iconic, but, and, and there probably is a lot of a lot of a. Uh know personal bias and not really thinking that much of the movie that i wouldn't put it in but like i said like a, a consensus if you polled everybody in the world 
I'm sure yeah. in the top 100 at least. No, oh, absolutely. Would be uh, E.T. in front of the moon. Yeah. You'd probably get stuff like E.T. in front of the moon, uh, Rafiki holding up Simba. Yeah. Um, right now I'm looking at a uh, – literally it's the t- it says – it's titled um, – hold on. Let me scroll to 100 Most Iconic – Iconic film images. Mm-hmm. Um, you got stuff like Lady and the Tramp with the spaghetti. Yeah. Um, uh, the um, shower stabbing scene, like specifically the silhouette uh, from Psycho when they pull back the curtain. It's the silhouette with the knife raised. Yeah. The the Statue of Liberty from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson's face in the door, shining. Shining. Yeah. Um, I would say. I would say. I would even put the twins from The Shining on that list. Yeah, I would as well. Right here, you got from '82. You got a lot in '82 on this list. You have um, something from Blade Runner, R- Replicant Roy's soliloquy. I'm, I've never seen Blade Runner. That's another one of my blind spots. I've seen. I. I've seen it once. And I was only half paying attention. I, I, it's one of the ones where I've been. It's one of the ones like Shawshank where I'm like, I should really fucking. Yeah, watch which one of the seventy cuts of it did you say? I yeah, I, I don't even fucking know. I, I think I couldn't even tell you. Um, eight, but I, eight, you got that. The next one on the list is the the bike in front of the moon. Then you have Phoebe Cates about to open her bikini in, in fast, uh, time. fast times, and then also from eighty two, you have Spock and Captain Kirk. I believe in uh, Rathacon. Rathacon. Uh, I believe Spock is that the one where spoiler alert, Spock dies. Um, in the original, well, in yes, in Wrath of Khan, Spock dies. In one of the newer Star Trek movies with Chris Pro- with Chris Pine, Chris, Chris Pronger, Chris Pine, Chris Pong. Um, with Chris Pine, um, it's basically Wrath of Khan version two point And if I'm not mistaken, in the newer version. Kirk dies. Oh, but if I'm not mistaken, Spock does sacrifice himself in the original Rathacon. Yeah, it looks like Spock's. But they're they're separated by glass, and I, I think yeah. I've seen this scene where and, yeah. and Spock is is dying. Um, let me ask you this: Which do you like? Just uh, you said I know the answer because you said already. You feel like ET came out in 1991, which feels like an older movie: ET or Scarface? Scarface. Scarface came out a year later. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I I know for a fact Scarface was it was eighties because Scarface is as as fucking Scarface is essentially Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, maybe that's why this movie is so beloved because it's it, it really is, in a way, timeless. Yeah, like for some reason in my head, like I was born nineteen ninety. For some reason, I I assume this movie came out in my lifetime. There's there's a, a weird area. I feel I, I, we might have even talked about this. Like, there's a weird area in the early '80s where it, anything it could either be the mid '70s or 2003. Yeah, I don't know why I was just thinking about uh, more iconic movie shots. I think definitely on my personal top ten list, I would probably have the wide shot of John Travolta and Uma Thurman dancing in uh, Jackrabbit Slims. It's not on this list. The nineties no. are very sparse. It gets like there's tons leading up to the nineties, but then the nineties there are fourteen of the one hundred. I'm, su- 
I'm no, sure one of them is Jurassic 13, Park. 13, because the last one's from 2002. Uh, one right. is the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, yeah. Let's, let's play a little game. I'll give you five guesses. Let's, let's see how many of the five. So there's 13 on this list I'm looking at. And again, this, site, this, uh, this is from, could be just a guy named Jim made a list. Oh, Jim makes good lists, though. So there are one, 13 from the 90s. Iconic shots. I'll give you five guesses. Let me see if you can go five for five. Uh, so I already got the T Rex. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna count T Rex as one of them. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Rafiki holding up Simba. No. No. Fuck. Fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck Jim. None of these are animated. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. None of these are animated. Fuck that. You didn't you say Lady in the Tramp? Oh yeah, Lady in the Tramp. But none of the '90s ones are animated. Oh okay. Um. Oh wow. I don't even. That, this, it's this, a t- this, very tough. Very tough. Like now that I think about it, like it's it's hard to separate what I would pick and what the general consensus would pick. Because I would pick something from like Mighty Ducks too. Looking at this, like, <laughs> I would say um, these are iconic. These are I- iconic. Real quick, run it through. Run through. Run through. Uh, Kevin scream after shaving in Home Alone. Fuck, I forgot Home Alone. Uh, Hannibal Lecter <laughs> in the mask t- uh, strapped to the 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 dolly. And see now, in my head, Silence of the Lambs was fucking late eighties. That was ninety one. Fuck. Uh, the convertible leaping into the Grand Canyon in Thelma Louise. Yeah. Um, I thought that was eighties too. Sharon Stone uncrossing her legs. Now they don't in this it's not the actual crotch flash. But it's but that but yeah, yeah. the um the T Rex in Jurassic Park, the girl in the red coat in Schindler's list. Oh uh, yeah. Uh uh Tim Robbins with his arms stretched to the sky in Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. The White House being destroyed. Independence in, Day. Independence Day. Uh Jack and Rose with her arms out on the nose of the Fuck, Titanic. Titanic. I forgot about Titanic. Um Cameron Diaz with her hair up. Oh, in, something, something about Mary. Uh, uh, Mina Savari covered in roses from American Beauty. American Beauty. And, uh, well, the close-up of Heather in Blair Witch, where the... Oh, the, uh, the, the, like the nose-up shot? Yeah. And uh, when Neo does the back bend, oh, the bullet yeah. dodge. And then the last one from 2002 is Samara climbing out of the TV in the ring. Uh, fuck the ring. Yeah. But yeah, those are the '90s <laughs> ones. But like the whole list is like leading up to the night. Like there's a lot of. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, it's probably more '90s than '80s. Mm. Anyway, back to ET. Yeah, we <laughs> we digress. Um, I I had another. I can't remember what movie, what which one we were discussing. That I had the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" joke, where it's like, uh, but in this one, Elliot goes, "I would never let anyone hurt you," and then it cuts to. Uh, the government uh, fucking <laughs> taking like, <laughs> like I would never let anyone hurt you. All of a sudden, you the, the, the government hurts you. The government hurts you. Um, pasty et is very unsettling. I said somebody's gonna get that et some lotion. Yeah. Um, why? What brings him back to life? Is it I don't the heart light? Because the way I gather the whole time, I'm thinking, oh, if he's if he's away from his home planet too long. He starts to deteriorate, deteriorate, but it seems like it's just proximity to his kind because him coming back to life, Elliot's like, they're coming, which makes me think that like it's understood between Elliot and ET that if they, they're near, 
that he his energy can be restored. Maybe that's why. Maybe that kind of gives an explanation of why him and Elliot have a bond. Maybe his his race is kind of like built on a bond. Like you know, like their their life is their life is dependent. Well, yeah, but on that doesn't companionship. It doesn't necessarily explain. It doesn't why explain it why to, to little boys. Yeah, it doesn't explain why, but it explains why that it would. It doesn't explain how it happens. It explains why it would happen. Um, in fact, I have a note that even says, can E.T. control the bond between him and um, Elliot because he straight up fucking sacrifices himself? Mm, yeah, um, I, I, I gathered that he could because he cuts it off, I feel like. Nah. Um, what, were, what were you going to talk about the friends and their little outfits? Oh, so you're... you're um, Oh, that what one real quick before we start that, they um they they ET comes back to life. They get ET into the van, and they're gonna drive off with ET. And the the bro- the the older brothers driving, and they're like, "Oh, go to the park. How's how do you get to the park? Fuck that! Those kids don't know how to get to the park. They ride around this neighborhood on bikes all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to get to the goddamn park. Um, <coughs> but." Then the the brother tells the friends, get the bikes, meet us at the park. I like how I was a little annoyed at this because they run away from the scientists and then stop dead to have a brief conversation with the friends, instructing them where to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then run away again. But I digress. So the friends, there's there's Jeff Cap with the cool guy sunglasses. I just, I a real quick a joke I have about, I, I, I'm just full of jokes. Um, the kid puts on a newsboy cap, yeah, and then later on uh, becomes a reporter from that one bar scene in Godzilla, <laughs> um, where they're all wearing <laughs> they're all wearing Jeff Cap. Um, oh, thank you. So you have Jeff Cap with with cool guy sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You have kid with giant headphones, mm-hmm. and you have ski mask. Right. You have to dress up as one of them for Halloween. Which one are you dressing up as? Headphones. Headphones. Mm. I think I'm going Jeff Cap with cool guy sunglasses. Well, we we all know I'm dressing up as old lady. Old lady, he too. Um, so I made a joke last week um, when we mentioned that we are watching ET about um, extra points if you watch the version without with if you watch the version with guns. I think your notes are in the same exact order as mine. Cause, probably because um, my last note was about Newsboy Cap Kid, and now my next note is about this that you're about to say. Um, so, then I watched it on Netflix. Um, the Netflix version has... So, iconically... I, South Park even made a joke about it. Um, iconically, Steven Spielberg, when they... I didn't realize why they did it. They re-released it for the 20th anniversary of it. Um, Steven Spielberg added some CGI to ET shots, added some deleted scenes, and digitally took out um, guns from the movie. So when they ju- when they fly over the cop cars when they're being chased, like there's two cops right there in the middle who have like pump action shotguns. In the 20th anniversary edition, those cops are holding walkie talkies. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently. Uh, they they did the the walkie talkie thing for the twentieth anniversary, and then um, when you look it up on I have it up on I'm not on IMDb I'm sorry on Wikipedia, um, the uh, it specifically says for the twentieth anniversary 
edition they did that and then it says that it's uncirculated like it's it's not circulated anymore um almost as if they realized it was kind of uh, stupid they 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 realized it was stupid and it's now for the film's 30th anniversary release on blu-ray in 2012 and 35th anniversary on hd ultra hd blu-ray in 2017 and then the money grab um, she's like how many versions of a a movie like that that's another conversation for Um, another day but relax everybody there's a there's a, a quote on uh, the Wikipedia page from Steven Spielberg in 2011, and it says, "quote um, There's going to be no more digital enhancements or digital additions to anything based on any film I direct. When people ask me which ET they should look at, I always tell them to watch the original 1982 ET. If you notice, we did not put ET." We did, we did not put out E.T., we put out two E.T.s. We put out the digitally enhanced version with the additional scenes and for no extra money. In the same package, we put out the original 82 version. I always tell people, go back and watch, go back to the 82 version, end quote. Um, so, we, so I think, yeah, basically, Spielberg realized how fucking stupid it was. And, um, and like, has come, um, basically... Um, like just almost uh he's he's it's as if he like watched that south park and... episode and was like oh yeah yeah oh I'm refresh my memory yeah. Dude, in, in that south park episode do, do they shoot people with the walkie-talkies i don't remember the only thing i remember from that episode actually it says it right here south park ridiculed many of the changes in the 2002 episode free hat uh, great um, episode which was just the, even episode, the subplot uh, where season six episode nine the subplot where they think they're trying to release a child murderer named hat oh i don't remember the, that. see i don't remember the only the only thing i remember from that scene is like a bunch of cops kicking in the door and storming into the room but they're all holding walkie-talkies the, the concept of the the episode is they want to they i forget which movie they see and they're disgusted by the changes. So they want to make a like a group to protest and to mm. get people to come, they advertise that you'll get a free hat if you come to the meeting. And all the, the only people that come to the meeting are people that think it's a support group for the release of a child murderer named Hat. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I gotta rewatch that. Yeah, it, it, it pays off well at the end. Um so yeah, so I, 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 nobody who watched it, the, I, I, you should pr- probably get extra points if you watch the version without guns because it seems like yeah, that's, that's the, the more, uh, the more learn. scarce version of it. Um, so I have, I have two last notes. Um, one of them is one of them is something that made me very uncomfortable. One of them is about people banging. Um, so both are about things that are going to make me uncomfortable. Probably. Um, so e- when E.T.'s leaving, he hugs Elliot. He, he, he massages Elliot's back <laughs> in a very strange manner. You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the movie Eurotrip? Yeah. Or the, or the, the fr- scene when they're Fred on the Armisen train character. with like Fred Armisen and like he, they go through the tunnel and he's just massaging the dude with the weird face and he's like, Miss I've actually Miss watched Cousy. that fairly recently because that's actually one of my wife's favorite movies is Eurotrip. Eurotrip is one of your ones. That's pretty yeah. rad, dude. Eurotrip is, is, in, is an Aaron. You know, Sky doesn't know. Sky doesn't oh, know is a great song. Like, no irony intended. That's a banger. Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. I'd, I'm probably going to put it on my playlist when we're done recording tonight. Um, 
Yeah, it's just it, it's it the, the way he rubs Elliot's back made me very uncomfortable. Made um, me very comfortable. Just, just just with his weird his weird earthworm sausage mm. penis. Fingers. I was like, finally, this is the movie I wanted to yeah. see. <laughs> this it's 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 just very weird to me. Speaking of his um, fingers, I do have a note where like when um Gertie asks, "Is it a boy or a girl?" I just wrote, "Of course it's a boy." Have you seen his fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, By the way, according my, to official lore, uh, ET is genderless. Oh well, yeah. ET is like uh, I don't, I don't. They don't really get into the connection between these these aliens and plants, but evidently, they're in terms of gender, they are to they're thought to be like plants, genderless. Um, but they are just they are strangely like botany aliens for some reason that they don't really get into well that might might make sense of why the trippy um on the universal studios ride why there's the trippy mushroom that talks who knows um the last thing i i have about the movie is i don't know why but i like to think that in the end the mom and and peter coyote hook up (laughs) that's that's another thing when we were going back to when we were talking about whether the government was bad or not like they're chasing Elliot, but then Peter Coyote, who seems to be in charge, yeah. If not in charge, he seems to be like a very he seems to be a very uh, important consultant. He, like all right, so like they're chasing them, which makes the guns almost like I don't know because the guns do seem out of place. I don't if if the reason you, Steven Spielberg wanted to take the guns out of the movie was because. Up to that point, the government and Peter Coyote specifically are very non-threatening to this children, these children and this this alien. And then all of a sudden, they're pointing pump-action shotguns at them. And he was like, "That seems like a strange choice. I'm going to switch it to walkie-talkies. That seems more logical." Then I'd be all right with it. That's probably not why he took it out. They probably took it out because they're like, "Oh, uh, you know, guns." But yeah, like they, like he watches the, the say goodbye and take off, and and does nothing to stop them. Yeah. Which is what led me. Which is what like led me to believe that it, like what I said earlier, that ET came to um, Peter Coyote. Peter Peter Coyote's character uh, before, and he his whole reason for becoming a government official, as he seems to be, um, was strictly just to find his friend, mm. and he found a friend in that cat suit that the mom <laughs> wore for Halloween. Um. So yeah, all in all, it's an all right movie. I don't, I don't think. It's, yeah, that's um, a little bit better than you were at the beginning of the conversation. I, 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 I I'm just, I'm coming around just because it's, I, like, I. In retrospect, I enjoy. I, I'm, it's harmless. Yeah, I enjoy the. I enjoy ET wearing the bathrobe, getting shit faced. It's fun. just a fun fact with um, how revered this movie is. You know, it's not even in the top two fifty on IMDb. Yeah. Really. Can I tell you an interesting fact that I read on IMDb? No. Do you know what the box? You know what the budget for this movie was? Twelve million. Ten point five oh, million. I literally I guess what I, it did. Like, I was like, is it, it's either crazy or like a small amount. It so it did ten point. It it, it cost ten point five million to make. Opening weekend, it did almost twelve. This is, uh, I, I did read this is holds the record for the longest theatrical run it was in theaters for over a year 
Yeah. I think I think worldwide gross, I think it's at like just under eight hundred million. Mm. Um, but you know, it's it's deserved it's Spielberg. Um, I got nothing else in this movie. It was it was it was fine. Yeah, I, yeah, it was it was it was a good watch. Um, I probably never watch it again unless my son is like, hey, I do remember when we showed my five year old it, when it got to the scene where ET dies. I forgot that that happened. Yeah, me too. I thought like, like it's it seems strange that he just literally just dies and they put him in a body bag and then he comes back to life. But yeah, but continue here. We so but I'll I'll I will. I'll, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'll watch. I'll, I'll watch a movie beforehand to make sure that there's pre-screen. nothing. Pre-screen. Pre-screen. Yes, thank you. Um, I'll pre-screen a movie uh, for my five-year-old. For instance, he's very excited for. I think I mentioned before um, last week. He's a big fan of Godzilla, so he's very excited for Godzilla vs. King Kong that's coming out in November. Um, I'm most likely gonna have to fucking sit through that movie. Um, to make sure that there's nothing to, because he, in Kong Skull Island, there was some shit that got that got him. Um, so I'm probably gonna have to sit through the Kong uh, Godzilla movie to make sure there's nothing for that. So I forgot that E.T. <laughs> died, and we were watching it, and um, he died, and my son started bawling his eyes out, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I just traumatized him." Same thing with uh, Return of the Jedi. I forgot that the Rancor eats the Gamoran guard, yeah. um, and he. He had nightmares for two nights in a Given row. Given that he seems like he's an animal lover, I'm surprised he didn't side with the the rancor. Well, he is. He he's he's come along. Uh, uh, like I could probably show him that now, and he'd be fine because he watches a lot of like dinosaur documentaries, and the dinosaurs will eat each other. Um, but yeah, I showed him that. I showed him Return of the Jedi like two, like maybe two years ago. Just that scene of the rancor. And he fucking had nightmares the next mm-hmm. two nights because of it. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's whatever. Um, what do you uh, What are you watching, Zach? That's not That's not summer movie club. Uh, I. Uh, it's a two part answer this week. There are two things I'm watching uh, during the day. Uh, not drinking, Zach is uh, finally getting into the Last Dance, the ten part Chicago Bulls documentary. Uh, nice. uh, very good. I enjoy it. I am not a big basketball fan. In fact, if I had to rank the four major sports, uh, I'd probably put basketball number four. But I was a child of the 90s, and the, the Bulls were very much of the 90s. So it's an interesting watch. Yeah. Uh, late night after a couple beers, Zach, is knee-deep in the last season of 13 Reasons Why. And it is... Yeah. Gosh, it's just pulpy... And just nonsense and just things are happening that you're just like, that That doesn't make any sense, but I'm loving it. Like, uh, like I hate this, but I got to see what, like. Yeah, you got to see uh, like, I, watched, I, I I said to Adam that he has to start watching it because there's an episode um, where the, the, the senior class, if you're not familiar with the show, it takes place in the high school. There's 13 reasons. They tell you why. Um <laughs> but the the senior class goes on a camping trip and I watched the episode and it's just pure nonsense. And I, I, my initial thought after watching the episode was I would do an episode of this podcast with Adam specifically about, about this episode. episode. Just, you just watch it. You're just like, mm, nom, 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 this nonsense. Well, my, what I've been watching is, is kind of boring. So 
Jazz um, by Ken little, Burns. Little, yeah. Uh, <laughs> little, little inside baseball for, for Adam's life. I just recently uh, started a – took a full-time position at my job uh, where I work basically overnight. So I work 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. five days a week. Um, so my uh, time for watching television has been, like, greatly reduced. Um, so I – was still watching Sons of Anarchy. I'm still, I think I'm in, uh, I think I'm like towards the end of season four of Sons of Anarchy now. Uh, uh, seven, I think. Six or seven, I can't remember. Um, so I'm like midway through, like mid to end of season four. Um, my wife started watching um, uh, 13 Reasons Why final season last night. And she was watching an episode um, before we started recording. And I was kind of sitting um, sitting in the living room while she was watching, kind of figuring out what my supplemental information was going to be for the podcast. And um, I saw a little bit of nonsense, but I wasn't paying Ooh, terrible spoiler attention. Spoiler Tell me what you saw. I won't get into this. <laughs> what, what? Um, I saw, I, I, think, I think she was watching episode okay. three. Um, the, the, so I, like it walks it clay walked in to the, um, to school to on like Valentine's day. And now there's cameras. Oh, yeah. He was, re- he was referring to some sort of vandalism, but I don't know what vandalism he's talking about because I didn't see the, was first it the end episodes. of the episode. I don't, I don't even fucking know. Um, I'm, uh, all I know is, yeah, the, he walked into school. He's getting phone, he's getting cryptic phone calls from yeah, I'm dying here because, uh, my wife who I had watched the previous three seasons with, but it was very clear last season that she was hate watching it. And she has a very, yeah. um, there's a very fine line between what she can watch and, and not really like. And then as soon as it gets to a certain point, she just wants something to do with it. So she agreed to watch the first episode of the season with me. I knew it was make or break. And so we watched the first episode and then she went to sleep. I went and did about my business. The next day she was like, uh, I have to tell you something. You can't be mad at me. And I was like, all right. And she goes, I went ahead and just read the descriptions of other the descriptions, the synopsis for the other nine episodes of the season of 13 reasons why, which she does. Like we can't, we can't watch anything based on a book. She'll, 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 she'll just, yeah, I found it after we had finished defending Jacob, which was based on the book that she had read what happens at the end of defending Jacob in the book. Um, I, uh, she's, there's been one time where she's shown remarkable restraint because I was tempted myself. I, uh, did you ever watch sharp objects with Amy Adams on HBO? No, that also was, I do. I, I knew, I don't, I don't, I don't think I care for, oh, Amy I do. Adams. I like continue. Um, that's based on a book. And I myself was tempted to, to look and see what the, the, um, the answer to the, uh, mystery was um, she actually held off on that one surprisingly but every other time it's like she just hmm. so I have no one to talk to about this that's why I told you you've got to start I got to talk to somebody yeah, about so I, this nonsense usually when Zach and I record what we do is we record the podcast um, we, we record on Anchor um, and uh, it, everything uploads and everything and I'll I'll put the I'll put the episode together. I'll do the editing and all everything like that, and I'll do the posting. Yeah, I just and show then up, bring while the magic, I'm, and then Adam takes care of everything else. Yeah. Um, so basically, while I'm editing, I usually listen to the podcast all the way through after we record it, 
and then um, usually go to bed. But at tonight, what I think I'm going to do is usually I listen when there's breaks. So far, we haven't had any uh, breaks in the episode. So I think I can probably just uh, to put in the, uh, the little accoutrement and uh, hit send. But I think I'm, I'm going to start 13 Reasons Why season four tonight when we're done recording, just so uh, Zach has someone to talk to. And honestly, if, if this episode four is as bananas as I'd be willing to do a is, quick, like, 15, 20 minute supplemental edition of the Summer Movie Club where we just, not, not even just specifically that episode, we just talk about the season. So watch it. We'll talk. We'll see. No promises. People in Ireland, Germany, Texas, District, District of Columbia, Columbia <laughs> Illinois, Washington, and Wisconsin, which we just found out we can go really deep into our analytics. Um, uh, so yes, in the in the near future, there might be some. There might be a might be a full episode, might be a, a mini episode based on a it's, thirteen reasons it's why. Bad enough, I can't bring myself to being like this week. Tune in next week for a full two hour podcast about thirteen reasons why season four. It would have to be like a quick little. We hop on and we just go, what the fuck was that for like 20 minutes? Nah. Um, speaking of uh, tune in next week, um, there's a very slim chance. We're not 100% sure. We don't want to get anybody's hopes up. Um, there's a very, there's a, there's a possible chance that uh, Zach and I will be welcoming, uh, welcoming an official guest. We have had Zach's daughter, Amelia, crying like a bitch. She's been here this whole time tonight, um, by the way. She, I, she has been. I've heard her a few times. She's been, she's been good. I, I don't want to, I don't want to kick her out of the family just yet. Um, so we might have our first official guest um, on the podcast next week. We're going to be covering the ever popular uh, Pearl Harbor, starring uh, Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett, and Kate Beckinsale. Is, is and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in that movie? Yes. Um, Cuba, it's actually like it's Cuba Gooding Jr., Ben Affleck, Kate Beckinsale, Josh Hartnett, Cuba Gooding Jr., Alec Baldwin, John Voight. Like, there's big names. This, in this movie came out movie. in like, 2001. Uh, I saw it in 2001, and I have theaters. not seen it since 2001. I probably, I, I think I saw Jennifer Garner's I, in this. I have, Michael Shannon's in this? Yeah, she... Yeah, dude, there's so oh, many fucking people in this movie. You want to know how early 2000s this movie is? Uh, Jamie mm. King is in this movie. The... Jamie King. Oh, yeah, she is. That's Fuck, how early Jamie 2000s King. this movie um, is. I, I, well, I remember watching a little bit of this movie in uh, American History in high school. And um, I had one... There's this kid in my class, a uh, fun story. I'm going to save it for next week. Save it for the um, <laughs> I'm going to save it. Yeah, stay for the real pod. Um, so yeah, so next week we'll be covering um, Pearl Harbor, uh, pr- probably begrudgingly, and uh, we we might have a, a special guest. I did uh, cross some T's and dotted some I's today to try to make that. Wow, happen, Jim King so. stretched that Sin City role into the sequel. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking, looking at her now. Yeah, literally just sitting here looking at yeah. her uh, IMDb as we're talking. What is your talking? Yeah, she said, she says her She's name is Goldie. Monk. Wait, was Jamie yeah. King Goldie or was Goldie? Yeah, because what's her Wendy. name? Goldie slash Wendy. I was thinking, um, 
Sin City is a good fucking flick. <laughs> think about it. Um, Sin City is coming up the next few weeks, guys. Um, as always, uh, Zach is the Twitter master. Follow us at uh, Summer Movie Clue, CLU, and the number one. Um, again, if you guys are anybody outside of the Pennsylvania area that listen to our podcast, please. Oh, I, 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 I started a Twitter just to follow the podcast. Please, if you don't have a Twitter, follow. Get a Twitter, follow the podcast. Let us know who you are. Say hello, um, because we're. I'm just finding out today that there's more people outside of the you know a 20 minute radius of my house that listen to this podcast. So it's kind of interesting uh, to me. Just a little, um, a little uh, fun fact to leave us on. Sin City has a higher IMDb score than ET does. Yeah. No shit, really. Sin yeah, City is fucking great. Um, but I mean, unless you got anything, Zach. Um, no. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we'll see everybody, um, excuse me, see everybody, uh, see everybody next week. Realistically, we probably should have done Pearl Harbor, like, last week. No, you're getting D-Day and Pearl Harbor confused. Oh, I was like, D-Day was December. I'm sorry. <laughs> fuck that. We're D-Day's June. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, my World War II... I'm going to get very chastised next week if our guest is on the show. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, never mind. Fuck what I said. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Everybody, you know, out there, be safe, be healthy. Don't get COVID. Fucking love each other. Wear your Don't mask, COVID. people. And, yeah. And uh, everybody, we'll see, uh, we'll see you next week. Everyone have a good one.